So I want to welcome you one more time. I know Pastor Wes, our worship team, has already welcomed you. Our online team has welcomed you. But again, I just want to say I'm so glad you're here. My name's Hayden. I'm the senior pastor here at Walk Church. And on behalf of my wife, Nina, and I, so glad that you chose to join us here today as we're, we're continuing in our sermon series that we started last Sunday that we titled Christmas Playlist. Come on, somebody say Christmas Playlist. I hope that... I hope that you're not tired of Christmas music yet, because um, I know that's been blasting everywhere, and um, there's a lot of different songs on Christmas playlists. Some are thoroughly biblical. Uh, maybe you weren't even aware of how many songs um, that are just classic Christmas hits that, that get their information from the scripture, and then there's a whole lot of other ones that have nothing to do with Jesus at all, um, but they still make it onto the Christmas playlist. Last week, I started off our series with a familiar song. Um, it was titled, It's Beginning to Look a Lot Like Christmas. And I talked about how these three wise men, or however many wise men there were, approach Jerusalem and Bethlehem in hopes to find this king named Jesus. And they get stopped by Herod. And Herod, the king at the time, is, he's, he's, he's all bent out of shape. He's all um, paranoid, right? about what's going on. He asked the wise men, what's going on? Why are you guys here? And I, I think that in their version, they would have said something like, it's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. And they talk about the star. They talk about the site, Bethlehem. They talk about the Savior that would come to, to save me and you and anybody who would put their faith and trust in him. But today, I want to continue in that series and that same thought. And I want to go ahead and play another familiar Christmas song, and if you know it, I want you to get awkward and a little uncomfortable, and I want you to try your best to sing it with me so I don't feel embarrassed up here on stage. Can we do that? Yes. All right, let's go ahead. Let's go ahead and play it. If you know it, go ahead and sing it with me. Come on, find it. Here we go. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Ding dong, ding dong. With the kids jingle-belling and everyone telling you be a Come on, smile, everybody. It's the most wonderful time All right, let's go. Bring it down, bring it down, bring it down, bring it down. That's all, that's all we had, all right, right there. Come on, can we, can we clap for that? It's the most wonderful time of the year. This classic song in 1963 was written by Edward Poole and George Weil. And it was since made much more famous and popular by the one that you just heard over the speakers, Andy Williams, and his version of it that has been played countless times. My family and I were watching uh, Home Alone this week, and come on, you, you know, <laughs> give yourself a, a, a grace to watch a movie this season. We were watching Home Alone, and um, this song came on, and I thought, yeah, let's lean into the, these lyrics for a minute and talk about why and how it's the most wonderful time of the year. I believe it's the most wonderful time of the year, but I think if you're not careful, you'll, you'll potentially anchor yourself to kids jingle belling and everyone telling you be of good cheer, and maybe you don't feel good cheer, or maybe it's those holiday greetings and it's it's... It's the happy meetings. It's, the, um, it's the, the scary ghost stories. I don't know where that one came from around Christmas time, but um, the lyrics of this song that make, make it what it is is interesting because 
the authors are trying to grab a hold of different things that make this the most wonderful time of the year. And I think that while there is some really good stuff shared in the song, I think it misses the high mark of what makes this the most wonderful time of the year. I believe the most wonderful time of the year is Christmas time. I do believe it. I think there's something special and unique about December. Amen? There's something special and unique about this season, but I really believe what makes this ultimately the most wonderful time of the year is the invitation that me and you have to worship and celebrate the Savior of the world. That, that if you miss that, it will be a counterfeit wonderful. It will be a fake version of what the word wonderful actually means but if you accept the invitation, if you accept the opportunity, the month of December is a served on a platter opportunity for me and you to worship the Lord Jesus at a next level. I don't want us to, to, to skip through December and get so excited about the counterfeit things of Christmas that are still nice in their own place, but it's not just people telling you be of good cheer. It's the invitation from God, from heaven that can make this the most wonderful time of the year so that maybe when you hear this song again in the next couple days, you think differently about it and you think about a verse that I'm going to read to you here out of the book of Isaiah chapter 9. So if you have a Bible, I want to invite you to turn with me to Isaiah chapter 9. We're going to look at one verse specifically, verse 6. This is one of the prophetic verses that point to King Jesus and... Um, I think it's helpful for our hearts in this season. If you're ready, say ready. ready. If you're hungry, say let's eat. let's eat. Let's eat, let's eat. All right, Father, we pray right now. As we open up your word, as we look to your word, we need your help. We want to hear your voice. God, we want to hear you speak. God, we believe it's the most wonderful time of the year, but everybody might not feel like it right now. And so, God, I pray that you would use this specific sermon to lift people's hearts and affections to you. And that, God, there would be people that come here today that maybe this is their first time here or their, their, their first time online. They got a word from your word today that made this the most wonderful time of the year. What a wonderful name it is, amen? The name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. We're in Isaiah chapter 9. We're looking at verse number 6. Would you help me read this off the screen? Ready, set, go. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of peace. It's a powerful, prophetic declaration about this son who would be given, this child who would one, be one day be born, and this son who would be given to us that we would have life. And what's so interesting about Jesus is he has so many different names, doesn't he? And I believe that this scripture declares what would, could potentially be some of Jesus's nicknames. Um, he shall also be called these things right here. And I want to zero in on this first one. 
the wonderful counselor. Amen? Here's, here's my thought as I was thinking about this song. It's the most wonderful time of the year. It's the most wonderful time of the year because of the most wonderful counselor that we have. Amen? Amen? Two, people, two people go to counseling with Jesus. All right. Anybody else go to counseling with Jesus? Or is it just... It's the most wonderful time of the year because of the most wonderful counselor we have. I'm so grateful that this little baby in a manger would not just grow up to die on a cross and then ascend into heaven, which is the, the, the keys to the gospel. Don't get me wrong there. But there's something about the counselor Jesus that meets us in our needs he saves us from our sin, but he also counsels us with our sin problems and our darkness and our pain. He's the Savior. He's the shepherd. And here I love that he's known as the wonderful counselor. Uh, it's so neat, this idea of wonderful counselor in a day and age where depression, stress, anxiety is at an all-time high in the history of the world. Did, did you guys hear what I just said? At an all-time high in the history of humanity, we've never been a more stressed-out people. And yet we have everything at our fingertips. Something's not working. I think we're going to the wrong things to get our counsel. Maybe we're going to the wrong people to get our counsel. We're not getting wonderful counsel. Let me go ahead and talk to you about the, the word wonderful. Let's break this idea. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Well, what does that even mean? Let's put some definitions up for the word wonderful. Oxford Pocket Dictionary describes the word wonderful as inspiring delight, pleasure, or admiration, extremely good, marvelous. It's this idea that when you get something that's wonderful, maybe you take a bite out of something, you go, ooh, that is wonderful. What that means is it's delightful. It, it brings you pleasure. It's, it's extremely good. The thing I love about Jesus being our wonderful counselor is he's going to give you extremely good counsel. Come on. Amen. Where somebody might be a yes man, they might tell you, should I go jump off a bridge? Yeah. Should I not? Yeah. Wait, what type of counsel? Are you even listening to me? Right? Uh, Jesus is going to give us extremely good counsel. I love what Webster says, exciting wonder. The word wonderful means exciting wonder, marvelous, astonishing. There's going to be something about, if you take the invitation to worship the wonderful Savior, you'll realize he's got something astonishing for you. It could be a shift in your life that you weren't even aware of. Maybe you're just in cruise control. You put it on cruise control, you're just like, I'm just going to cruise through it. And you're recognizing that ain't working. And you need something to astonish you. Well, Jesus is the wonderful counselor. Dictionary.com describes the word wonderful. A sort that causes or arouses wonder. Amazing. Astonishing. Here's my encouragement to you today. Never lose the wonder of Christmas. The wonder of God the Father sending his son through a virgin for us that we could be saved. I want, I want to continue to encourage our hearts to stay anchored to that story. Or else you'll be trying to reach and grab for a feeling of Christmas that maybe you had when you were like 10 years old. 
when you got the bike and you're still trying to go back there and that ain't it. Praise God for the moment. God did it. He used it. He, he made something happen. But today in 2022, you need to be reminded of the wonderful counselor that you can go to and find help and find hope and find astonishing, admiring, marvelous, amazing, all these A words. What type of counselor is Jesus? Like you go, go to review all the counselors, some reviews. He's astonishing. Oh, he's amazing. He, he's marvelous. He's admirable. He's, he's extremely good. Five star. Five star Jesus. Get your counsel from him today. And I want to give you some encouragement as to why that's a good idea and nudge you toward that through a few different points. Just some reminders. As always, you can feel free to amen me, which means you agree with what I'm saying. Um, there, there's, I, I like to think of the sermon less as a monologue. This is this person talking to you, and it's more um, us talking together through the word of God through the preaching of his word, we're coming into agreement, we're amening that, we're saying, yes, I agree. If you got to say, I got, it. I got it. All right, let me give you the first point why Jesus is the wonderful counselor. He's a wonderful counselor because he's always accessible. Come on, amen. amen. Jesus is always accessible. Let me define the word accessible. Accessible, able to be reached. Oh, man, this is a good point right here. I love this point right here. Um, and I do want to give a quick disclaimer. Here's my disclaimer here today. I'm going to give a few points. I'm going to talk about this subject. And while doing so, I'm in no means trying to devalue people that are vocational and professional counselors here today. I know I've done counseling. My wife and I have done counseling. We are pro-counseling. We're oftentimes referring people to counseling centers, Christian counseling centers that we work with that we believe in. We do premarital counseling, postmarital counseling. We do all types of counseling because we believe the Proverbs is right when it says success happens with wise counsel. So I want to say I'm going to share a few things about the topic of counseling, but in no way as I'm pointing to the wonderful counselor Jesus am I deflecting or devaluing actual counseling. I would not want somebody to leave here and say, oh, I don't got to go to my counselor anymore. Just go, I got Jesus. That, you know, that'd be like saying, hey, you know, like Jesus is my pastor. I don't go to church. I'm like, no, that's not what that means. Like, yes, he's your, he is your pastor, but he, he pastors you through the church too. Like, I don't, you know, I'm all good by myself. I got Jesus. That's, I don't go to the doctor. Jesus is my physician. It's like, no, Jesus said the sick need doctors. Listen to him, right? Does that make sense? Yeah. So though Jesus is the wonderful counselor, it doesn't mean that the wonderful counselor won't prescribe for you to go to counseling. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. With that said, let's make much of the wonderful counselor. One, he is always able to be reached. Why I love that today is because with the high demand of counseling in our city, you might try to make an appointment and they might book you into February. Hey, we, we got you an appointment on February 12th. Does that work? You're like, no. I need counsel today. I thought I could get in now. You're like, sister, there was 18 people that called before you. Can I get an appointment? Yes, you can get an appointment sometime next week. Oh, well, 
doo, doo, doo. It's the most wonderful time of the year, but I need counseling. My friends told me I need to go to counseling. Can I get in? Yet yeah, sometime later in the, can I just tell you, he's always accessible. Amen. The wonderful counselor. Yes. Think about the nickname. And he shall be called, first one, what's the first one? He shall be called wonderful counselor. He's able to be reached. I want to encourage you today to check in on your access. Friend, if you're not using your access card, if you're not using your password, if you're not, like, use it. Get some counsel today from the wonderful one. He's astonishing. He's marvelous. Let me give you a verse. Romans chapter 5 gives us this beautiful promise from the word of God. Let's look at it together. If you're there, say, I'm there. If you're there by way of screen. Romans chapter 5, let's just read these first couple verses. I love it right here. He says, therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Somebody amen that, please. Woo! That could be a whole series in one verse. Therefore, since we have been justified by our faith, not by our works, come on. Like the, the wonderful counselor is not checking he sees you when you're sleeping. He knows when you're awake. He knows if you've been battered. This is not, this is different stuff. Amen? This wonderful counselor is looking for faith. It's faith that works. It's faith that justifies you. Just your small amount of faith in Jesus produces big access to the wonderful counselor. Justified by faith, guess what we get? We get peace with God. Ooh, through Christ. So you don't have peace with God if Jesus doesn't come in the manger. If, if the baby's not born, we have beef with God. You don't want that problem. But if you have faith in Christ, you get peace with God. You ever heard that phrase before? No God, no peace. Same, same issue. No God, no peace. <laughs> through Christ, you could have peace with God. Through him, through Jesus, we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand. And we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. I love Romans chapter 5. I love the whole book of Romans, but specifically some of these verses because they, what they do is they remind our hearts. Here's why it's important. Let me just use myself as an example. This this pastor up here on stage sometimes drifts into a works-based theology, which is this. I feel kind of off today. Uh, why do you feel kind of off today? Man, I just feel like I need to do more for God. Anybody ever just feel that way? I need to... And then you start to think God's mad at you and that you don't have peace with God and that you don't have joy in God. You don't have access to God, because maybe you should have worked harder or did more or sinned less or whatever it may be. Can I just tell you that these verses are there to warm your heart and there to give you the counsel that if you're in Christ, God's not mad at you. If you're in Christ, when Jesus said it is finished, he meant it. If you're in Christ, you have unlimited access to him. If you're in Christ... That's why I would beg you today to get in Christ. If you haven't put your faith in Christ, maybe you're like, you know, I'm, I'm planning on doing that in 2023. Why wait? 
You, got, you can get an appointment today. Yeah, I'm on, I'm on Jesus' waiting list. What are you talking about? He's the wonderful counselor who has always given you access. Through him, come on, let me highlight it. Through him, we have also obtained access by faith. So you have peace with God by faith. You have access to God by faith. You've got to exercise your faith. Work your faith. I would even encourage you to do something this week. You're going to think I'm crazy. And that's all right. The Apostle Paul said, if I'm out of my mind, I'm out of my mind for Christ, all right? Look, look, you're going to think I'm crazy. I'm going to encourage you to schedule an appointment with Jesus. Just block off a 30-minute. Most counselors will give you an hour. Just give Jesus 30 minutes. This week, I got an appointment like the Grinch said. I can't miss that again. Right? Come on, y'all know the Grinch. Don't be a don't be a Grinch. Schedule an appointment with Jesus. And somebody might say, Hey, you know, can I can you meet up at this time? I I, I have an appointment. I'm going to counseling. I got an appointment. I'm about to spend 30 minutes with Jesus. Me, I'm gonna make my favorite coffee. Do whatever you gotta do. Tea, whatever you what's your thing. And open up the book and get some counseling from him. Get an appointment with him by faith into this grace in which we stand. And we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Friend, you have access today. You have access. You can always have an appointment ready with the Father through the Son, Jesus. He is a wonderful counselor. Let me tell you what else makes him a wonderful counselor. He's always listening. Come on. He's always listening. Like, here's what I want you to catch. Maybe you've seen this in like a movie before. It's like, you know, you go into the counseling meeting and you like sit there in the chair and here's the counselor. Hmm. Taking notes, really, there's, you know, maybe the, the movie always depicts them like drawing something or maybe they doze off asleep. Can I just tell you, your Savior is like this, leaning in. Come on. I'm here to listen. I'm paying attention. I'm listening to you. We have a Savior. We have a counselor. We have a wonderful counselor who's listening. That's what makes this the most wonderful time of the year. That's what makes us sing what a wonderful name it is. Because he is always listening to me and you, I, I don't think we pray enough. Come on, somebody, right? I don't think we're talking enough. I wonder if we're going to sessions and the counselor's like, tell me more. How does that make you feel? We should do something about that. I got a prescription for you. I got a word for you. I got, a, I got an idea. The wonderful counselor is always accessible and, friend, he is always listening. Oh, I love this verse out of 1 Peter 3, verse 12. Now, this verse, spoiler alert, is going to be encouraging. It's going to be challenging. All right? Ready? All right, here we go. 1 Peter 3, verse 12. Let's read it together. Here we go. For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are open to their prayer. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. It's a deep verse right here. The disciple Peter, he's writing this beautiful book, 1 Peter. He's got so much insight we'll draw from this book again here in a few minutes 
Um, but I just wanted to highlight this first part. His ears are open to their prayer. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God, that your eyes are on the righteous and your ears are open to their prayer. Let me remind you that this concept of righteousness is found in the righteous one. Last week, I talked about how Jesus is the star of the show, right? The star is pointing to the Savior, and it's also bringing light into our darkness, reminding us Jesus is the star. He's the star of the gospel. He's the star of our lives. What makes you and I righteous is not our good or bad deeds. What makes you and I righteous is the identity we have in Christ. Listen to me. It's, it's when your sin is imputed to Jesus on the cross and his righteousness is transferred to you that you become righteous. You'll never do enough right things to become righteous. Let me just out everybody. All of your bad deeds have already conquered all of your good deeds. You can't catch up. We are deeply sinful. You will not do enough good deeds. And, and this message is true for Buddha. This message is true for the Dalai Lama. This message is true for monks that are trying to separate themselves into monasteries so they don't see anybody or talk to anybody so they can do enough good deeds to one day be righteous. You can't do enough good things to be right. You're deeply, you're inherently sinful. Blame Adam and Eve. And if you were in the garden there and that witty serpent whispered to you, you might eat from the tree too. All I'm saying is we are deeply sinful and because of our sin, we're separated from God. We're on the wrong side. We don't have peace with God, but we just read about how Jesus comes on a rescue mission from heaven to give us peace, to give us access and to make us righteous. Our righteousness is not found in our good deeds purely. Our righteousness is found in Christ who is the righteous one. And that's why a verse exists like 2 Corinthians 5, verse 21, which says, in him we have become the righteousness of God. And, and in that moment, Jesus takes on our sin. Did Jesus ever sin? No. But did Jesus become sin? Yes, our sin. On the cross, all of our sin was put on Christ for those who would receive him. And we become righteous. And when that, when that happens, oh, the eyes of the Lord turn to us. The eyes of the Lord are on the righteous. Can I just tell you today, God's watching you, and he loves you. God is watching you as a son and a daughter. Come on, anybody know, that anybody here that, that has kids, just do you ever watch your kids? Just watch them. They're like, what are you looking at? I'm just looking at you. I'm just watching you. And you might even be doing something that's frustrating, but it doesn't change your love, Amen. The Father loves you if you're in him, in Christ. And, and, and for those who are outside of Christ, can I say, the Father loves you. And he wants you to know Christ. But in order for you to know him, your sin has to be dealt with. And that's why the plea is there. I appeal to you today. Receive Jesus as the one who died for you. So you don't have to die for your own sins. And even if you did die for your own sins, it wouldn't help you. Because you're not righteous. You need a righteous one to pay for your debt. You don't got anything in your account to pay for your sins. 
Jesus has the righteousness to cover it. Does that make sense? That's the good news of the gospel. His ears are open to their prayer. God, God is listening. When you schedule an appointment with Jesus to get wonderful counselor from Jesus, he's going to listen to you. I, I, I tend to make this appeal every Wednesday. Come to, come to prayer night. Join us. Let's fill up that office on Wednesday night with hunger to pray. We're seeing miracles happen. We're seeing people's prayers answered. We're seeing faith unlocked in the room. We're, if you have a prayer request today, use that little prayer card in the seat back pocket. Fill it out because we're going to pray for it. We're going to believe for it. Our God's listening. We believe that he is here. He's making his ear attentive. Now today, if you're doing evil, which I would define as turning away from Jesus, turning your back on the Savior, turning, turning away from what God has called you to do. That's the, that's the most evil thing you could do. To reject the Son is evil. Here's what this means. You don't have access. Remember, how do we have access to the Father? Through faith in Jesus, Right? There's no access if you don't have the portal, if you don't have the way to get there. Your prayers will stop at the ceiling. But if you cry out in faith, if you, th there's a reason why we say in Jesus' name, amen? Why we always pray in Jesus' name, because he's the one who grants us access. Jesus says this profound verse in John 14. He says, I'm the way, truth, and life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. So why is this baby on Christmas such a big deal? It's through him that we get there. Yes, amen. Thank you for Jesus. Yes. He gives us access. He gives us the ability to be new people. He gives us the ability to change. He gives us the ability to call upon him and be heard. I love this verse in 1 Peter 5, 7. I want to give you this verse on counseling. When you go to the counselor... I want you to cast all your anxieties on him. Get, get into the appointment, right? Schedule your appointment. He's always available, and he's always listening. And here's what I want you to do. I want you to live out 1 Peter 5, 7. Let's read it. Ready, set, go. Casting all your anxieties on him. Why? Because he cares for you. Anybody else need to hear that today? To the person watching this online right now, he cares for you. Listen to me, left side of the room over here, Jesus cares about you. Amen. Front and center, he cares for you. Let me hit this side of the room. He cares for you. He cares for you. So he wants you to cast all your anxieties on him. Go ahead and, and give them to him. We have a God who cares. I'm telling you, I, I don't want to miss this moment. I'm overstating it because I know most of you probably won't do it. The, the motivation may potentially wear off by the time you get down the street. Because we're sinful and we're busy, it's likely you won't schedule your appointment. And it's likely that you'll stay anxious and sick. 
But today, if you really hear me, I'm emphasizing it so you get almost frustratingly high, and you said that already. I'm saying it again. The thing that you need in this season is an appointment with Jesus to cast your anxieties on him. Just, don't you love a friend that loves to listen? Sometimes you just, you need, you need to meet with somebody who doesn't have all the answers and is just there to listen. I want to tell you, this Savior, this wonderful counselor is great at listening. He's, in fact, I don't know that there's a verse, I know on earth Jesus sleeps, but I don't think in eternity he sleeps. I think he lives to make intercession for us. Come on, amen? Can I show you a verse? Let me show you Hebrews chapter for the, the, uh, Hebrews chapter 7, I'm sorry, Hebrews 7, this prophetic word, this declaration about Jesus as our great high priest. Let's look at it together. Hebrews 7, verse 23 to 21. Now, there have been many of those priests since death prevented them from continuing in office. But because Jesus lives forever, come on, amen, he has a permanent priesthood. Therefore, he is able to save completely those who come to God through him because he always lives to intercede for them. This is the wonderful counselor. You know, you could make an argument that the priests at one point served in the role of counselor. You got an issue, you got a sin problem, you got anxiety, go see a priest. Well, this text tells us a lot of these priests died. (laughs) Many of those priests, their death prevented them from continuing in the office of priest. But good news, friends, we have a wonderful counselor. Jesus lives forever. He has a permanent priesthood. He's able to save. He's able to heal. He's able to help. I want you to get with your appointment. Schedule it and cast all your anxieties on the great high priest who lives forever, who lives to intercede for them. What does that mean? I think that God the Father and God the Son and God the Holy Spirit would have a conversation about you and say, okay, this is how we need to move in their life. This person has faith to go to me, and I'm going to give them wonderful counsel. It's a word that you need to hear today in this season because everybody in this room has some sort of pain. Amen? Everybody in this room has some, some sort of problem, something you're dealing with, something maybe even in your past that traumatically is still haunting you and you're trying to deal with it. Come on, take that to the counselor. Break free this year. Experience Christmas differently this year. Let Jesus speak into your season. This is something that David did often. I love King David. Um, he, he is all types of messed up, <laughs> and yet he's all types of profound in his ministry. Like David continues to blow it, and yet continues to come back to the faith. That's why I think we can relate to David. I think that's why God says David's a man after his own heart, because he he would fall and then get back, right back up. So today I want to even share, if you, if you keep falling, get back up. Come on, grace is the opportunity to get back up. Look what David says in, in Psalm 66. 
He says, I cried to him with my mouth, and high praise was on my tongue. If I had cherished iniquity in my heart, the Lord would have not, not have listened. But truly, God has listened. He has attended to the voice of my prayer. I love David. Pulls, let's just pull a page out of David's journal, page 66 in the book of Psalms. Now, now, mind you, you'll find some Psalms where David goes, God, how come you're not listening? God, how come you're turning your face from me? God, how come you're not? I'm crying out. I'm praying. I'm asking. When will you listen? But then you get to another Psalm and, and David says, no, no, God, you were listening the whole time. I, didn't, I, didn't, I wasn't aware of it, but God, you were listening. That's why I love reading the Psalms. Sometimes we need to go to Psalm therapy, amen? And find, find strength in these words. David says, I cried to him with my mouth. I praised him with my tongue. And he said this, if I had cherished iniquity in my heart, don't, don't allow your heart to attach to sin that that's what you cherish. Because it will consume you. Right? Sin in all types of various forms will, will consume you if you let it. It's, it's crouching at your door. It's looking to entangle you. It's looking to trip you up. Don't cherish sin. Cherish him. That's why I love what Mary says. My soul magnifies the Lord. Mary doesn't say my soul magnifies my sin. My soul magnifies him. David says if I would have cherished sin, God wouldn't have been interested in that because sin separates. But truly God has listened and he has attended to the voice. I want, I want God's attention, amen? amen? God's full attention. In the counseling meeting, God, give me your full attention. He'll listen to that prayer. Let me give you a third point. Why Jesus is the wonderful counselor. He's always accessible. He's always listening. Friend, hear me on this. He's always working. Yes, amen. Oh, can somebody just clap for that point right there? Mm. Mm. I love that point. Our Savior's always working. I want you to know that today. Because I would imagine in a room this size with whoever's watching online right now, you could be in a season where you're asking the question, God, are you working? I've had moments like that. God, are you working? God, are you moving? God, are you still listening? God, are you still for me? I did it again. Anybody ever had a I did it again moment? I promised God I would never do it again, and then you did it again? I did it again, God. He'll, he'll surely forsake me now. You need to be reminded of Romans again, reminded of the gospel again, that your good deeds didn't earn God's favor. Your bad deeds won't lose God's favor. You can't stop what you didn't start. God is going to continue to pursue you and love you until you say, okay, God, I receive it. I'm back. I'm back up again. I need it again. I need it again. God, you're working. God, you're working. You're not going backwards. Come on, you're going forward. Forward motion, momentum. God is working. He's always working. I want to just share something, even in a spirit of transparency, about this sermon and about this idea you know, I, I would even say just for me personally, in the past couple months, I've even just had moments where I don't know if it's just a season of busyness or just a season of just excitement or season of momentum or 
traveling and doing different speaking things and um, just, just being in it, whatever it is, it's life. And praise God, my wife and I have four kids, and they are rambunctious. We were at Flipping Out Extreme yesterday, flipping out. It's wild. And we're having a lot of fun. Um, but just kind of in that, I just felt like, okay, I need, to, I need to make sure I'm anchored in to the counselor in this season. There's too much going on that, that, that I, I need to be focused. I need to not be distracted. You know what I'm talking about? And so what I did was I just said, you know what, I'm going to pick a gospel. I'm always reading through one of the gospels. One of my life practices is to always be reading either through Matthew, through Mark, through Luke, or through John. Once I finish all four of them, I start it over. And guess what? Every time it's fresh. I've read through the gospel. I preached through the gospel of John when I was in college. That was a long time ago. And I love the gospel of John. I, I, I tend to just dabble into it. But as of late, I've been in the other gospels, just reading through them, a chunk of scripture at a time or a chapter a day. I love the gospels because I love Jesus in action. But I was in this moment and I thought, you know what? I need to get back into the gospel. I need to, I, I need to start a new gospel. Let me go to John. And that's where I'm going to get some wonderful counsel. I need to schedule an appointment with Jesus every day I read the Proverbs every day, but I also felt like I need some other text to go with it. That's why I always have a rhythm of one of the Gospels. If you're not in that rhythm, I want to encourage you to get in that rhythm. So I was reading through the Gospel of John, and I'm just seeing so many fresh things in John 1, John 2, John 3, John 4, John 5, on this journey. And I remember one day having a rough day. It was just an anxious day, a... My thoughts and emotions were just in different places. I can't remember even all the reasons why. I just remember feeling off. And here's what I did. I said, okay, what am I going to do? I'm going to do what I know to do. I'm going to do what I would preach to somebody else. I'm going to go to the Word. I need to go to the counselor, amen? And, I was, I, I, and here's what I did. I picked up where I last left off. Okay, I'm in John 5. Let's see if there's something in John chapter 5 that Jesus wants to counsel me with. I'm reading through John chapter 5. I got my journal open. I got my Bible open. I'm tempted to get to a bunch of other things that I need to get to, but I'm, I'm saying there's nothing more important than hearing from him. Come on. Can I just tell you that? There's nothing more important than hearing from him. And I'm reading through John chapter 5, and then I came across this verse, and it literally was like God just said, I'm pulling you into the word. I'm pulling you in. Listen, if you don't have regular rhythms in the word, you'll never get those moments. There's moments where God wants to pull you into the word. But if you're not regularly in the book, you won't get those moments. God speaks today. He counsels today. Wonderful stuff. I remember reading in John chapter, this is just recent, and I came across verse 17. Can I tell you, I've never seen this verse before. Of course I've seen it, but I've never seen it. John, John 5, verse 17, I'm reading. It says, but Jesus answered them, my father is working until now, and I am working. Simple, but so profound for me in the moment. 
Can I tell you, I've quoted this verse to my spirit every day since. Every day, I, I walk around, I think, God, I know that you're working, and I know, Jesus, you're working. <laughs> I'm about to step into this meeting, and here's what I know. Jesus, you're working. I'm about, to, I'm about to open up our home for charge group. Here's what I know. God, you're working. I know in this Christmas season, you're working. There's stuff. I want to be in every hospital room right now. I want to be in every, I want to meet with a thousand different people and do dinners and lunches and coffees. I want to do all of it, but I can't do all of it. But here's what I know. You're working. I, I don't know why this one verse was the remedy for my soul but it was. It still is today. I want to give it to you. Can I give it to you? Look, look, look. Jesus, he's ministering in John chapter 5. He's talking to his disciples. He's talking to the Pharisees. The book of John is so fascinating. He's, he's giving these long lectures, a whole lot of red letters, and he goes, here's what I want you guys to know. Look, my father is working, and I'm working. This wonderful counselor for you today, here, hear this. He's working. Schedule an appointment. You can get on his calendar today. He's not bored. He's not scrolling through Instagram while you're sharing. He's not drawing a picture of a bird. He's not tapped out or interested in somebody else's prayer life. And not. He is available, brother, sister. And, and he's working. He's working. Come on, worship team, help me close this sermon. Hey, you know what? This, this pastor does a lot of counseling with Jesus. You should too. Before you're so tempted to call your best friend and vent, we should have that, no doubt. Call him. And stay there in a moment of prayer long enough for him to give you something. Some of the best prayer times are when ideas get dropped in your spirit. Some of the best prayer times are when you pray for a few minutes and then you get up and feel better. I actually feel better. I don't even think I need to call him anymore. I feel like the Lord gave me what I needed. Final point, final point of the sermon. We're going to close here. Worship team is going to lead us in a time of response. He's always saving. He's always accessible. He's always listening. He's always working. Friend, he's, he's always saving. That's why it's the most wonderful time of the year. It's the most wonderful time of the year to go to the most wonderful Savior of all time. His name is Jesus, and he's always saving. Today, if you need to be saved, you can go to him, and guess what? You don't need a lot of money. Amen? Come on. You don't need a lot of money. You, you, you don't need a good track record of going to church. I mean, there's some wild thoughts. Like, i got to go to church for like eight weeks, and then I'll be ready to give, give my life to the Lord. <laughs> then he'll finally have mercy. Fingers crossed. Oh, Lord, I hope that today you'll be happy with me. Oh, get that garbage out of your mind. Come on. Get that law out of you. Get that Egypt out of you. Get the gospel in you. God's for you, not against you. That's Romans. So I just want to remind you here today that he is always saving. He's with you. He's, he's for you. That, that's the good news of the Christmas story, isn't it, right? Amen. 
Jesus has this name. You know the name Yeshua, Jesus, Yeshua? English, Jesus, it's, it's in the Hebrew, Yeshua. Do you know what that word Yeshua means? The one who saves. The name Jesus means Savior. And you might not appreciate the Savior if you don't know that you need to be saved. Sin and darkness and death would love to destroy your life, but um, you, don't need to, you don't need to stay there. You can go to the Savior. We have a wonderful counselor who doesn't just counsel us. He also saves us. It's like, it's like Jesus. I once heard this illustration. Jesus is the teacher who hands you the test. And then when you're sitting there, and you're sweating and you're like, I don't know the answers to this test. Jesus goes, let me take the test for you. And he knows all the answers. And, and then you get an A. And then you give him the praise. Amen. You, know, you say, honestly, I didn't study enough. I didn't do enough good deeds. I didn't work hard enough. But he, he took the test for me. And he's able to because he's the teacher. And so I give him the glory. He can save you from your sins. Your sins have separated you from God. Because of that, he's not listening. But if you go to Christ, you have access, unlimited access, VIP access to the counselor. And oh, can I just tell you, his counseling is wonderful. He's always working. He's crazy about you. He loves you. He wants a session. Get a session in, amen? Get a session in. Father, here we are. Here we are today, Lord. We need your help. We need your strength. We need your wisdom. And Lord, I pray right now in Jesus' name that you would bend down to listen to us. And God, I pray with confidence as we cast our anxieties on you, you're listening. You're always listening. So, Lord, if there's somebody here that needs to get saved today, I pray they would do it. Right now, I just want to invite you to pray. Just say, Lord, I call on your name. Jesus, save me. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Counsel me. Guide me. Change me. Save me. I believe you died for my sins. I believe you rose from the grave. I believe you're with me now. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Come on. Praise God.